I have, I have no idea how Mike Rhodes did it, but somehow Penn State men's basketball was able to land a former top 75 recruit to its team with just a couple scholarships left. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host, and I am joined by another special guest, and it is Pat Corver, Black Shoe Diaries, SB Nation. Pat, it, it's great to have you back on with everything that has transpired here with basketball. Yeah, thanks for having me back on, Zach. And uh, what, I feel like I came on a couple couple times a month ago, and since then, you know, we've had some basketball news, but obviously they're uh, they're starting to run out of spots and almost almost have a full team now. So exciting times, as always, for Penn State basketball. Yeah, 13 scholarship spots. One is left. Uh, Pat, we're going to talk about Faber Iray, uh, Brocky Goodmanson, and who that last scholarship could go to and how this team just kind of the outlook for them at this point. But Pat, where can people keep up with what you do? BlackshoeDiaries.com, as always. Um, check out the blog, uh, you know, I feel like end of May and into June can sometimes be a little light, obviously for, you know, something that focuses on football and basketball, but as things begin to pick up um, into the summer, we'll have loads of stuff. And then, yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter at Porbler, P-O-E-R-B-L-E-R on Twitter. And of course, check out happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State Rivals making this podcast the official go-to podcast for Penn State Rivals. And that website is happyvalleyinsider.com for all the latest on Penn State athletics. Okay. Formalities are done, Pat. Favor, Ira comes in. This is another center. Caduce Wahab, uh, actually, which was, I didn't know that he put his name into the NBA draft and he was kind of getting scouted and seeing if he would make that decision. He pulled out, he removed his name from consideration and he's going to play with Penn State for one season. That kind of left Demetrius Lilly to seem that he's listed as a power forward hybrid i mean he just has the height and i think his athleticism and his weight kind of gravitate him more to being a center but i would say with what mike rhodes wants to do in this new penn state team that they were a little thin is where they projected at center with wahab leaving in a year lily of course would have a four years of eligibility at this point in time so for them to go get favor iray who has all the potential in the world if you look at rivals and when he was in high school he was rated the 66th best player in all of the country when he was just a high school senior one season ago so he was at miami for a year then the year before he was ranked in the top 75 by rivals in all of the country and now penn state gets him on the roster so i i am all for this move this i know i know ace baldwin and nick kern and some of the other guys are going to be very important for this season but if favor i ray can live up to his potential this could be probably up there with the best transfers that they landed in this group. Definitely. Like you said, one of the uh, more highly touted prospects um, as a recruit that's coming into Penn State. And, and you know, unlike some of these other guys or unlike some other um, uh, transfers around the country, right, he's just simply one year out of, out of being in high school. Um, spent that one year yeah. at Miami. Uh, got a little bit of playing time here and there, but obviously Miami had had a really good ball club this year. They didn't really need yeah. to call on him too much. But like you said, the potential is still there. Six foot eleven, and you know the two hundred fifteen to two hundred twenty pound range. Obviously, he's going to be a guy that will you know be putting on muscle as he gets older and as he's 
um, you know, coming into Penn State's strength and conditioning program. But I think the thing that jumps out about him, and granted, I didn't watch a ton of him at Miami because he didn't play a ton of Miami. Nope. But when he was a prospect coming out of school, um, super athletic. Uh, you turn on his high school highlights, and it's it's a lot of blocking shots. It's not just a kid that's six foot eleven or near seven foot that doesn't really you know isn't coordinator, doesn't know what he's doing, or, or you know is kind of falling over himself. He's sure. a very very good athlete with length, with size. It's just a matter of you know understanding the game and, and becoming a better basketball player. Uh, for Penn State to get a kid that that will have three years of eligibility and perhaps a red shirt, we'll see what happens this season. I think you know Penn State would certainly hope that he can come in and be with Hobbs back up right away. But um, you know, just a kid filled with potential. And and if say that he had say that he would have came to Penn State instead of Kaba last year, perhaps he's kind of in the same spot that Kaba would be in. That he would have had more playing time, would have got you know his feet underneath him. So we'll see what happens this coming season. But, but like you said, he's one of the more exciting transfer prospects that they were able to, to reel in this cycle. And I also like that he comes in from a winning culture. Miami is on the right track. The Hurricanes have done very well in the past two NCAA tournaments, elite eight appearances. And that's something that Penn State, you know, I'm not trying to say, well, they didn't make it to the final four. They didn't make it to the championship. Uh the, they are a very good team with what they with what they've done, and I know they're a little more guard centric. They focus on the backcourt a little more with what they like to do down there. Uh, so I Ray, I just don't think he was utilized the right way, and I think he realized that. But I like that he comes from a good coaching staff. He comes from a winning culture, so it's not like you have to totally rebrand the mindset and get him uh, situated with what Mike Rhodes and everyone want to do. Definitely. I also think, you know, I always, my two favorite sports, especially as far as, as falling on college over football and basketball for football, right. We see these four star and five star prospects, you know, you go through the top 100. They're all basically going to the same schools, right. They're going to Ohio state. They're going to Alabama. Mm -hmm. They're going to Georgia. And the thought process with that is right. Even if I don't start at Georgia, you know, if I don't start at Ohio state, I go there two or three years, I develop within that program. I practice with them and I can go somewhere else. I can play right away basketball and we kind of see this in basketball too but basketball really is a sport even more so than football where you need to be playing the games right of course there's drills and practices not to say they're not important in basketball yeah. but basketball is really just flat out a sport where you grow and learn the game the best through playing the game so i think for for so many of these guys right in the the top 100 kids they they see you know miami or they see duke or they see north carolina not to say that miami is at that level but they see these top tier programs coming out of high school and they think oh i'll go there until they realize that oh playing time isn't isn't as accessible yeah. there so coming to penn state um you like to think that that ira is going to have more you know playing time clear path of player playing time and i think that was something that obviously he was interested in yeah, I think he'll I think he'll definitely get minutes off the bench. Wahab was typically around 25 to 30. He's dealt with some injury issues. I don't know how Penn State projects a Demetrius Lilly. I just it's because I don't know how they're going to use those forward positions. I think that they're going to go smaller. I think that Wahab's just going to kind of be the big man in the room. He's going to be the big man on the floor. And then so someone like a Puff Johnson at six foot eight is going to be your four. When that isn't really, at least in traditional basketball, usually it was six foot, six foot five, six foot eight was your small forward. And then you had two big guys. You had a mountain of a man at seven foot one, seven, two as your center. And then your power forward was your six foot 10, six foot 11 guy, someone who just wasn't 
right at that mark, but a little bit underneath it. Because uh, I don't think they're going to go Lily and Wahab at the same time. I don't think they're going to go Ira and Wahab at the same time either. I think those two guys, it's going to be Wahab and then it's going to be Ira, and maybe we might see some Lily. But He's still in the fold. He can't enter the transfer portal. He's stuck at Penn State. But I think Penn State now has a lot of depth. And in, in, in Big Ten basketball, they need these guys. We're going to talk about Bragi. This one is more of a – it's kind of figuring out who he is and what he can bring to the team because recruiting sites didn't have a player profile on him before. I, I'm not surprised because not many people are scouting Icelandic basketball players. Pat, you and I are going to talk about that in just a second. But first, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, their pants and shorts are some of the most comfiest, and that is for three reasons. Okay, so first, it is, it is that fit. You will feel and look better wearing Bird Dogs. Comfort, stretchy fabric. That's all you need to know. They're going to make your looks feel, they're going to make your legs look great and feel great. And they're comfier than all your other shorts and pants. That's without a doubt. And then the last reason is versatility. They give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts, one pair of pants on the golf course, to a meeting, on a date, hanging out with friends, you name it, Bird Dogs. And I've never had a pair of Bird Dogs myself. So I said, okay. Let me, let me try this out. Let me see if they can live up to what they're promoting here. And they definitely do. I like the feel. I like the fit of bird dog shorts and pants. And I don't know if they compare to any of my other clothes. So go check them out, birddogs.com. And when you go to birddogs.com slash college and you enter promo code college, they are going to throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. That is right. All you got to do. Go to do is birddogs.com slash locked on college, enter promo code locked on college, and you will get a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. And again, thanks so much for making locked on Nittany lines, your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Pat Korbler joining me on this episode to talk Penn state men's basketball and Pat Bragi Goodmanson comes over from Iceland and he was playing pro basketball in Iceland. So he is an intriguing prospect just from the fact that he is essentially in the NBA equivalent over in his native country. And he comes to Penn State. He is a little older. He's 19. He'll be turning 20 uh, as a true freshman. Average 10 points a game, but again, against grown men. So, Pat, what do you think he brings to the table as this 12th guy now on the roster with one more spot open? I think the first thing that sticks out about, about Goodmanson is the shooting, right? You, you turn on his highlights, and, and whether it's catch and shoot, whether it's creating off the dribble, whether it's step backs, whether it's going to his right or his left, um, he can shoot the ball. And, and it's you know both in the mid-range and even from, from way beyond the arc. So I don't think, uh, I don't think the range will be a problem. I, I mm -hmm. was going to say I don't think the shooting will be a problem, but you never know how that is going to translate, right? Playing... Icelandic basketball, yeah. um, I just checked. Uh, there's only been one NBA player from Iceland. Oddly enough, his last name is also Goodmanson. So perhaps... <laughs> uh, related? You know, good, good sign, maybe. Maybe Goodmanson is the smith of Iceland. I don't really know. But... Yeah. Uh, right, so so he's not going from a place where there's, you know, a tons of NBA prospects, let alone tons of D1 prospects. So so how that shooting is going to translate when he's playing against bigger guys, longer guys, more athletic guys, more athletic, speeds yeah. up. We're not really sure, but if you're going to take a chance on something in basketball or you're going to take a chance on, on different attributes in basketball, right? 
you want to take a chance on length, you want to take a chance on athleticism, or you want to take a chance on something like shooting. So we'll see how the shooting works out. Um, you know, you, you look at different schools, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, um, a couple different other schools on the West Coast, and they have had a lot of success going to different parts of the world to find to find Division One basketball players. So perhaps Penn State does have a diamond in the rough here. Um, I, I think if you're Mike Rhodes in Penn State, it was just one of those situations of you have room, right? Uh, Penn State doesn't, or at least a couple weeks ago, didn't lack for open, open, open scholarships on their team. And you have a kid who can shoot at the level that Goodmanson can, and and you know it, the the risk is hopefully going to be worth the or the reward will hopefully be worth the risk. Yeah, you mentioned it. He can shoot. Uh, he can rebound. He can assist. I like the way that he's taken over games. One of his best performances included thirty four points, eight rebounds, seven assists. So he's kind of that do it all combo guard. He's got nice size at six foot five. And he's not afraid. This is similar to some of the other guys that they brought in, whether it's Raekwondis Mitchell uh, or Ace Baldwin. They're not afraid of contact, and, and neither is Bragi. He is more than capable of driving through the lane, going and chasing after the basketball. So part of that is effort, but fearlessness, I think, can describe the way that he plays. And again, going up, I'm not comparing him to Luka Doncic, but one of the points that I want to make is that Luka Doncic got extremely criticized for playing. He only played over in Europe. What's the level of competition? Is he going to be able to handle it in the NBA? And clearly he has, right? He went in the top five and he's been a good player, a good prospect early on too. It hasn't taken him a long time to develop. In the case of Bragi and Luka, what they do have in common is that they have gone up against grown men and they've held their own against grown men. So even though Icelandic basketball isn't going to be the best on the planet, He's as a 17, 18, now 19 year old doing what he's doing. He can go and score 30 points against guys in their late mid twenties who are doing this for a living over in Iceland, I think is going to translate. Well, I think those stats are just, they're going to carry over. I don't think he's going to go from 10 to 20 points a game. I think he will be someone that can average 10 points a game. He, he's not afraid of the contact. He's not afraid to go up and get the rebound. So I like effort guys. If he can give you 110% every single game, whether that's in 20, 30 minutes, or even if that's 10 to 15, and he's someone that will give you, go do all the dirty work, then this is a good get for Penn State and someone that you can develop. And I think Joe Crispin probably had a lot of influence on this. I, I feel like Joe Crispin can work with a player like this uh, and, and develop that natural scoring ability that he has, as you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, I think for Ray, if, if Joe Crispin was involved in this, and obviously he's a part of the staff, I'm sure he played some part, shooting's just one of those things that a team can never have enough of, right? And yeah. even if it, it – right, you look at Andrew Funk, and, and you can look at the Texas A&M, Texas A&M game, you can look at the Texas game. And in the Texas game itself, right, he struggled from deep, and yes, it would have been great if he could have hit a couple more threes. But what made Andrew Funk so great beyond obviously making shots was just the gravity that he has as a shooter. So Brogge can come over and he can show that, that shooting skill and just by being on the floor, that gravity can help, right? You watch the Warriors, you watch the Sixers, you watch the Heat. Um, good shooters are gonna are going to change the way that an offense can play, right? How the Sixers looked back in the day when they had Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and, and Jimmy Butler, who at the time wasn't shooting threes, versus how the Warriors played when they had Steph and Clay and Durant, right? The spacing was so much different. So 
not expecting Brog Broggy to to shoot at any of their levels necessarily, but just by being a good shooter, um, that's something that Penn State can can always you know have un, uh, can always have more of. Locked on Nittany Lines, your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for all the latest for football, men's basketball, everything Penn State athletics. Pat, as we move into the final segment, it's now figuring out that final roster spot for Penn State. Is there a transfer that they're that they're really in good conversation with, like a, a favor IRA, someone that is really out of left field when you bring them in and, and can have a good impact? Uh or are they scraping the barrel at this point? Are they going to go? I, I feel like they're going to have to get a high school prospect because all of the targets that they were after are either now in Happy Valley or they've they've gone elsewhere. Is there anybody left in the transfer portal that you can see them getting? Or do you agree and think that it's going to be a, a high school player? Yeah, transfer portal is definitely drying up um as we are now heading into june right most of these guys are are enrolling at their schools or or will be enrolling soon so there's really not too much left on on the transfer market not to say that they're you know i i wouldn't be shocked if penn state picks up another transfer but right now that doesn't necessarily seem like it'll be the case um so i do i i think right if if we were gambling here i would probably put the better odds at it being a high school prospect um as far as who they bring in, who who really knows at this point, um, yeah. they do have that extra scholarship. I think for me, what I would look for, and this shouldn't surprise you based upon our last segment, but I would just look for you know another guy who's a shooter, our score, something along those lines. Uh, you know, somebody that can play the two or the three. Um, obviously, the more length that you have, the better. But but you know, if you can find a guard or a big wing who can who can put the ball in the basket and and you know has potential to be something. Uh, I think that's where Penn State should be looking just because when I look at this roster, I think it's I think Mike Rhodes, all things considered, did a really, really good job. I think that they, you know, just lack that one extra scoring punch, right? You look at somebody like Noah Thomason, who ended up at Georgia, transferred mm-hmm. from Niagara. I think if you put him on this team, Penn State looks like a pretty, you know, pretty complete team. So uh, I think if you're Mike Rhodes right now, you're just hoping to get another score, another shooter, and, and hope hopefully you can put together some more um, uh, offensive punch to, to the roster. How do you project this team right now? Uh, when you look at some early publications, looking at the 2023-24 Big Ten standings, they have Penn State in dead last. And I, I don't buy that whatsoever. I think that they are going – I think they can be in the top ten – of the big 10. I'm not saying they're going to overwhelm the conference, but this is a team that I think can go 500 in big 10 play, maybe a little bit better and be around the NCAA tournament. I said, I think it was on one of the shows that we did not too long ago, where I did say that this roster was being built to be an NCAA tournament contender to get one of those bids. I don't think they're going to win a championship. I don't think they're going to go to a final four elite eight, but who's to say the round of 32 is out of question with the way that they constructed this roster. I love the coaching staff. Okay. Mike Rhodes and who he's brought in is a big part of why I believe this team can have so much direction. And it's a veteran laden team and they're good veterans. They've been through it when it comes to college basketball and they're marrying different parts that all work together. So I think they can surprise the big Ten. Part of that is that element of surprise, right? I think that's what helped Micah Shrewsbury a season ago is that people didn't look at Penn state as a team. Of course, I'm not saying, Okay. They owe everybody overlooked Penn state and that's why they were able to beat Illinois three times. But if you 
put Penn State on your big board down here and they play up here, they're going to beat you because you're not expecting them to play as sound and solid as they did. So I think that helped Micah Shrewsbury last year. And I think that's going to help Mike Rhodes and company this season is that they are just going to surprise some teams, some coaching staffs and the doubters in the media and the spectators, because they have a lot of potential that people just aren't giving them credit for. I think one of the unique things with the big 10 is that it feels like every year, maybe I'm off on this a couple of years, but it feels like most years, the difference between like the fourth best team and the 12th best team is like nothing. A bit. Like, a bit. Yeah, yeah, right. Like just a shot here or there. I mean, I just even, I just went back and checked the standings just because I couldn't remember the exact numbers, but right. Nebraska finished 13th at nine 11 where Michigan state finished fourth and they were 11 and eight. So Right, there's what two games, two and a half games, just because Michigan State ended up not playing that that one game. Right, right. Such such you know small differences between you know some of the better teams in the Big Ten and teams that are you know gonna be playing on what Wednesday or Thursday in the Big Ten tournament. So I think for Penn State, right, that's always gonna kind of be the spot that Penn State lives in. I don't anticipate Penn State basketball at least in the next you know five years and even decade they ever get to a level where they are head and shoulders you know up atop the big 10 they're always mm. going to kind of be in that middle of the pack which for penn state basketball uh you know i know i personally would take so yeah it's so tough to say is penn state an ncaa tournament team or are they not i think right now it's probably smarter money just to say that they're that they're likely going to be out just because there are so many different pieces that are coming in here right even when you look at micah shrewsbury's first year at penn state and he was bringing in a lot of different guys they at least had five or six guys that, that stayed with the program that they could kind of, you know, count on as far as setting the culture and setting the standard that isn't necessarily going to happen at Penn state. Obviously he's bringing in Ace Baldwin from VCU, bring in Nick Kern. So yep. I'm sure Mike Rhodes will lean on them a little bit. And obviously Kanye Clary staying and Demetrius Lilly. There's, there's the pieces there, but it does just feel like so much change for a, you know, a team and a program that, you know, historically has, has not always clicked right away. Um, so once again, if this was a gambling show, I would probably lean towards Penn state, not making the NCAA tournament, but I, I, I think they're going to be right there. And it's just a matter of, can they play well at the right times? There were times last year where Penn state did not look like an NCAA tournament team, but right. As the year closed out, they, they, you know, got things together and put together an incredible run in the big 10 tournament. And all of a sudden they're, you know, a couple shots away from making the sweet 16. So I think Penn state's going to have to hope that ACE Baldwin makes a really significant jump as a scorer, just because yeah. like I said, you know, a couple of minutes ago, I do think that they're going to lack a little bit of, of, of scoring. So we'll see what happens. The nice thing is Mike Rose is not building this out just to be a one year and done type team. Um, just because of the amount of transfers that they took that have multiple years of eligibility, ACE Baldwin included uh, you know, this is just going to be year one in the process. So if we see a similar first season, like we saw with Shrewsbury, where, you know, the, the, the potential showed and you can yep. see that the pieces were there, I wouldn't be surprised if something happens, if something similar happens this year for, for Rhodes and company. That's why we bring you on, Pat, because you laid it out perfectly. I appreciate the time again, as always. Can't wait to connect again. And where can people connect with what you do for Black Shoe Diaries and everything else online? Yeah, that's blackshoediaries.com as always for your for your, your Penn State football and Penn State basketball needs. And then also on Twitter at Porbler, P-O-E-R-B-L-E-R. And I'm excited to start talking some football with you as well. I know it's been primarily Definitely. men's basketball, but you've been, I think, 
done such a great job. You've been so entrenched, enamored when it comes to the transfer portal and the way that Mike Rhodes has built out this roster. So uh, the next time that we do chat, I think we're going to have a little more of a football angle, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. As you know, as much as I enjoy the basketball program and I, and I can't say that I'm like one of the true sickos of the basketball program, Michael Shrewsbury is kind of the one that got me to jump on the bandwagon. So I, I you know, can't take too much credit for being a crazy basketball fan. Um, unfortunately, I am a psycho football fan, though. Like I absolutely live and die with this stupid team. So looking forward to this season where I absolutely need a Big Ten championship. So, yeah, excited to talk about that. <laughs>